Welcome to After Dark with Robert Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. Glad that you could tune in tonight. My co-host tonight is Heather Robinson of the New York Post. And we are coming off of Super Bowl weekend. I don't know who you guys are betting for. I don't know if you wanted the Kansas City Chiefs to win or the San Francisco 49ers. Can't make everybody happy, but one of those guys won. And we're going to talk about it. One of the teams won, and we're going to talk about it. I will say this, Heather, that there was a lot of buildup or talk around Taylor Swift throughout this entire football season. And I don't know if you follow football or not or follow Taylor Swift, but she Mm -hmm. just became like the uh, Super Bowl girl every week. They were talking about her and the Kansas City Chief and her boyfriend, Kelsey Travis. I got tired of it, (laughs) to be honest with you. I mean, you know, she's a lovely girl. I don't like her music per se. I don't have it on Mm -hmm. my, uh, when I'm working out, but she has a strong following. And, uh, you know, like again, she's a nice girl, nice gowns, as I think Aretha Franklin once said, but I'm not into that whole, uh, you know, groove, little Taylor Swift thing. And she actually lives in my neighborhood. (laughs) In Trebekah. Oh. I've never seen her. Oh. Uh, I know where she uh-huh. lives. But, uh, and then the other thing is, you know, this whole thing with, I think Trump came out the other day. He was saying, oh, Taylor right. Swift, she's going to endorse Biden. I'm like, why are they even focusing in on her? To me, she's <laughs> irrelevant. I mean, who cares yeah. who she endorses? I mean, because the, the poor thing she's always talking about, uh, the man that she chooses, she's always choosing the wrong man. And then she writes a song about it. So I could care less right. who, who Taylor Swift endorses right. and what she's doing, she but more, she doesn't choose who we want. Right. She's so it's like but there's this big thing with Taylor Swift and she's gonna. I'm like, who cares? She's always choosing the wrong man. Who gives a flip who she chooses? <laughs> right. I know. I I saw. I heard something about Trump saying that um, she's. He was mad at her. And, you know, listen, I'm a supporter of our former and hopefully soon to be again president. Uh, he's the toughest man in the world, you know, and I think we need him. But I do sometimes think that he weighs into these things that are a little, dare I say, beneath him. I mean, I guess it's maybe because he's a man of the people, Rob. I, too, feel that sometimes, I mean, and as I've said before, I get people don't like him because he does weigh into a lot of things that he shouldn't weigh into. He steps on his messaging sometime. I mean, let's just be honest. Last week, Heather, that was his Super Bowl week. He got a lot of a lot of positive things happened with the Supreme Court, with them hearing the case mm-hmm. of Colorado trying to take him off the ballot. We're going to talk about that tonight. And then Biden, in essence, being exposed by his own Department of Justice that he has a bad memory. He's an elderly man. He's a nice man, but he has a memory problem. And some of the things that they were pointing out in Robert Hur's special counsel report, I mean, it was really damaging. They did mm-hmm. it. They decided not to indict him. And the only reason why is because they doubt seriously that they would be able to get a conviction. And when you indict someone, a prosecutor, you know with beyond a reasonable doubt that I'm going to get a conviction here. But according to Robert Hur's report, I don't think I'll be able to get a conviction because he's a nice elderly man and who has a, a memory problem. I mean, right. and that's huge. I mean, he said that I do believe that he willingly, willfully took these documents 
classified documents that he shouldn't have taken. And here's a quote. He said that he, he's an elderly man with a poor memory. So, right. again, Trump had a fantastic Super Bowl week. But this whole thing with Taylor Swift gives fuel to the left so that they can like stop talking about his Super Bowl week and then focus on Trump and Trump is stepping on his messaging. And I just wish sometimes he would just like pipe it down. Don't say anything. Don't get involved as much as you want to. But something that you mm-hmm. said, Heather, that I never thought about is that he does this because he's a man of the people and maybe other people, people are thinking the same thing that he's thinking. What do you say? Yeah, and I, you know, it reminds me of the old days in New York when he would get into these fights with Rosie O'Donnell, and it's sort of, you know, they would scrap back and forth, and he would get really mad, and he just, you know, would be in the New York Post, who's scrap, you know, was he scrapping with today? And then when he, remember the time he told, of course, Megyn Kelly uh, asked him a tough question about his, you know, some of his um, raunchy and, and, arguably lacking in taste remarks about women and then he started saying stuff about megan kelly i mean he does have this um tendency to it's like he won't turn the other cheek even when it seems like the you know the subject matter is a little bit silly and um then you know he lashes out but i mean i do think he does it in response to things and i guess apparently taylor swift there was some dispute or I think what it was, he was saying that she uh, benefited from his some kind of something that he passed, some law or something, something that he introduced. And I, I don't remember the details, Rob, but I guess he was saying that for, you know, that she should show loyalty to him. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think that, that he probably would be better off just letting that go because it kind of makes him sound like he's arguing with this person who's an icon to all these little girls and, you know, pop singer. Of course, she's Im- immensely popular, as you noted. And I guess it's, it's. I mean, maybe it's a way of, of reminding everybody that he's still out there swinging and he's still scrapping and he's still... Um, you know, one thing I can say about it, you know, he doesn't um, hold back just because somebody is a minority or a woman or, you know, he doesn't, he just, he's kind of an equal opportunity scrapper. If somebody scraps with him or if somebody does something that makes him mad, he just expresses himself. And, You're right. He's an equal opportunity you know, scrapper. He, it doesn't matter your race, gender, he's going to come after you regardless. So I find it funny when people start saying, well, he's only going after this person. He's only going after Omarosa. He's only going after this singer. I'm like, folks, please stop it. He will go after whomever. It does not matter. If you attack him, he's going to come after you. If he feels as though you wronged him, he's going to come after you. But like you said, I think a lot of time this is beneath him. He's punching down. But as you said, Heather, well, and I and I think it's, it's right. But let me say this. As you said, I think and I think that this is so true is that because he's a man of the people, a lot of people are probably thinking the exact same thing and they probably express it but it's not on a huge scale, he's able to say it. And there are probably people that are agreeing with him and saying, yes, yes, while you and I are saying, come on, leave that alone. Who cares? I mean, why even elevate her anymore? 
To me, she's insignificant. I don't care who she endorses. As I said, she's always getting it wrong. She's always going for the wrong man. And then she writes a song about it. So eventually she'll probably get rid of Kelsey and she'll write a song about him. So why give her more fuel or give her more credence to put her out there? Because now... That's all people are going to talk about. Trump going after Taylor Swift. And then it's just going to keep her name in the news cycle. And we don't need her name in the news cycle. But because he knows, I think, that a lot of people on the left like her. And he's probably saying, well, let me just rain on her parade and just remind them that she should be loyal to me because I did X, Y, Z. Now, whether or not he believes it or if he's sincere, I think it just might be him trying to tag his name to it. Again, name recognition. They'll mention her, they'll mention him, and his name stays in the forefront. Now, I would say don't do it because it's something negative, but I mean, maybe in his eyes that, hey, when they mention her, they'll mention me. So my name will be out there. He's a master with manipulating the media. I wouldn't want that kind of attention. But again, Heather, I mean, he, his name will be tagged to her. So when they talk about the Super Bowl, they will talk about him. Maybe that's part of the branding that he wants. I don't know. He said something, I think, about her boyfriend being a liberal <laughs> or something. And well, yeah, I, I mean, guess. Kelsey, he came out and he was pushing the vaccine. And I don't know if you saw some of the Super Bowl commercials, but Pfizer was one of the uh, advertisements that they had uh, during the Super Bowl. And Kelsey did come out. Kelsey Travis did come out and say, you know, take the vaccine, protect yourself, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm surprised that he even did it. And people are saying, oh, he's such a big wuss. And he's probably getting a lot of money from Pfizer to promote the vaccine. But again, in my humble opinion, uh, Trump was coming off of a major Super Bowl week with what he scored with the Supreme Court. They haven't rendered a decision yet. But the line of questioning, it appears, Heather, that it's going to go in his favor. And I wouldn't, I mean, and why, and why wouldn't it? When you think about it? Yeah. I mean, as some of the justices said, if I think it was gorgeous that we're, if, if we were to do this and agree with Colorado, in essence, we're allowing one state to decide who's going to be president. And folks, I got to remind you, Trump is not going to win the, uh, the primary in Colorado by any means. He's not going to win it. But still, they shouldn't try and take his name off, Heather. No. And I think even when, when some of the liberal justices, uh, like Elena Kagan and Katanji Brown-Jackson, uh, were asking some tough questions about this, and uh, my understanding is objecting in the idea you know, that, that this could open the door to all kinds of tit-for-tat blocking of people from running for office. Um, I think that, you know, good for the Supreme Court, uh, you know, in addition to I happen to agree with them, I think it's it's really heartening to see that it's not all politics, that some of these justices are striving for objectivity and fairness in evaluating these issues. And I'm, you know, sort of assuming they're probably not Trump supporters. I don't know that for a fact, but they are they are cleaving to the principles here, I think, Rob, that this is something that it's not uh, up to a small group of people to decide who may or may not be eligible to run for president. And really, I think it's true in general. I mean, one, I, you know, I'm saying this now, I'm not sure if anybody in the Supreme Court said it, but I think it's the ultimate hypocrisy and irony to try to block someone from a ballot in the name of democracy. I mean, we've seen the left try this before. I mean, they 
have villainized and, and demonized people who they disagree with in the name of democracy. But now it seems to me they're trying to take it a step further and actually block somebody from having the opportunity to even be eligible to run for something. And of course, they're claiming it's because of insurrection and all this this claim. But I think it was actually Katanji Brown-Jackson who um, made the point that this, uh, apparently that the, um, that the provision that was developed in order to prevent an insurrectionist from being on the ballot was something done in the aftermath of the Civil War, um, where you had former Confederates trying to run for a local office. And I don't, you know, I didn't read her whole um, statement or, you know, but, but, I, but I believe it, to me what she seemed to be saying was you're talking about a serious organized military insurrection I mean, it almost like this kind of shame um, on the part of Colorado. It's like it's almost trivializing what the provision is there for, is to prevent people who, you know, really did have an organized, you know, undeniable goal of destabilizing the U.S. government. You know, it wasn't designed to just block people that you disagree with from running for office. So... I just, I think the Supreme Court is, I, it actually kind of is restoring some of my, my faith, Rob. I mean, I, you know, in addition to, again, not just because I agree, but because I think it's good to see justices cross the aisle to, um, you know, uphold something that um, seems to be more about holding the law and the principles as opposed to who they like for president. Right. And we can't allow one, I mean, when you look at this, this particular, uh, the courts in Colorado, they made a decision of their own that Trump committed insurrection. And even the justices said, by who, who gets to define insurrection? Because there is a, it's laid out in the Constitution, and Amy Coney Barrett even said this, as to what should happen if the president has done something, you go through the process of impeachment. And there were two impeachments, but nothing, it had nothing to do with insurrection. So Colorado unilaterally just decided, okay, we're just going to make this up. And just imagine if they were, if the courts decide in Colorado's favor, every state or any state could decide, well, we're going to remove a person off the ballot because we don't like something that they did. When you look at this holistically, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about this on every show this week. You and I, we're starting the week off talking about it. Andrew and I are going to talk about it later on. B.B. Diamond, she's going to come on. We're going to talk about it. But when you think about this and you look at it, because I don't think people are really completely understanding what's happening here, is that if Colorado is successful, if the courts rule in their favor, after this is done, you will have red states saying, we're going to remove Biden from our ballots. We don't want him there. And then you have another state that will Mm -hmm. say the same thing. And this will continue on. At some point, it has to stop. And this just goes into the entire theme of what the Democrats are doing and trying to destroy democracy. They say that they're trying to protect it. You look at the whole thing with Trump saying that uh, immunity, I have immunity from uh, prosecution for things that I did when I was in office. You have Jack Smith saying, no, you don't. Now, imagine this. If the courts decide against Trump and says, no, he doesn't have presidential immunity, then we can go back. And we can bring charges against George Bush Jr. for the Iraqi war. We can say that, hey, he knew that there were no weapons of mass destruction, but yet and still he took us into this war. We could go after Barack Obama with the whole 
uh, Obamacare. He lied about keeping us uh, saying that you will keep your uh, you can keep your doctors. And the list goes on and on and on. I mean, this is a very slippery slope. And the media is doing a poor job in explaining this to the average American because they're hoping that you're not paying attention. They're hoping that the hate is so great for Donald Trump and the way they've built this case to say he's done something wrong that you're not seeing through it. This goes back to Robert Hur. And when he was appointed the special counsel and people saying, oh, well, he was he's a Republican and he's going to go after Joe Biden. But, you know, he's not going to press charges and, you know, trying to separate the two. But when you look at it, at its value I mean, at the core of it, they're pretty much the same thing. Now, we're up against a commercial break. And when we come back, Heather, I want to get your thoughts on Trump's Super Bowl weekend with the Supreme Court, but also talk about Robert Hur. And as I said, I know a lot of you. Are probably some of you are probably mad or sad that your team didn't win because we know that the Kansas City Chiefs won. They prevailed, although it was it was close there. But uh, you know, nevertheless, we we're here to talk about the Super Bowl, some of the ads, but definitely talk about Trump's Super Bowl weekend, like Trump's Super Bowl last week. I'm calling it his Super Bowl because he got a lot of wins, and I think a lot of stuff that we've been talking about us conservatives, especially on this show, Heather, you and I. It's being exposed now for people to see it, although the media is still trying to hide it. So you're tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. We'll be back after this break with my special co-host, Heather Robinson. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high stress on the go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel and be our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them. From improving immune health, regulating hormone balance, supporting gut health, to soothing the skin, even reducing the appearance of wrinkles, fine lines, and cellulite, and providing targeted support for mind, mood, energy, and even our body's own production of collagen. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in becoming your best self and fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. And we're back after dark with Robert Andrew and my co-host tonight, Heather Robinson. And we are talking all things about the Super Bowl and Trump's Super Bowl week last week, as well as a Super Bowl that took place last night where the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending champions, were able to prevail against the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm sure some of you are happy, some of you are sad, but it was a great game. I saw some of the commercials and we'll talk about that. 
But when we went to break, I was teasing you guys about Trump's Super Bowl week and talking about the wins that he uh, looks like he's going to get with the Supreme Court and being removed from the Colorado ballot. That we don't think that's going to happen. And as Heather, as you mentioned, just so you know, going into detail at how some of the even the liberal judges doubted this whole lawsuit that or these actions of the Supreme Court in Colorado. But I I was kind of reticent about or hesitant about Justice Sonia Sotomayor because she still seemed as if though she wanted to side with Colorado. And interestingly enough, Heather, I don't know if you saw this on uh, some of the social media platforms, that some liberals are saying that she should step down. So that Biden, yes, they feel that she should step down so that Biden can appoint someone else because they feel that she, I don't know if she's in good health or not, but she does seem kind of, I don't know, not always there. But uh, there is a push, so it seems. I don't know if it's going to gain any momentum, but they're saying that she should step down and allow Biden to uh, pick someone else. But uh, that being said, I want to uh, you know pivot to Robert Herr. And as I said, we're going to be talking about this the entire week. And- mm-hmm. A lot of the Democrats thought that he was going to, well, first of all, they knew that he wasn't going to indict Biden. I think that was in the cards. We knew that last week because that had already leaked. What they Mm -hmm. didn't count on was how in-depth his report was going to be. And the Mm -hmm. reasoning he gave for not indicting Joe, and he said that, I don't think that I'll be able to get a jury to convict him because I think that he would have come off as being a sympathetic elderly man with poor memory. And then he went into Mm -hmm. details of some of the things that that he witnessed that led him to this decision. Now, Mm -hmm. the folks on the left are mad. They're saying that this was a political attack. I'm like, who's attacking him? The Democrats? This isn't something that the Republicans did. And then they're like, Mm -hmm. well, but he was appointed by, this man was appointed by Trump. Yes, appointed by Trump, but recommended by the Democrats to sit on Mm -hmm. the courts or to be a special prosecutor. So I'm like, so where's all this, where's all this coming from that it's a political attack? Even Jill Biden went on the news saying that they were attacking Joe. uh, This was personal. These gratuitous statements, they should have been left out. And then Heather, there were things that were circulating on social media that perhaps Biden should fire. Merrick Garland. I mean, these people are never satisfied. They didn't get what they want. Again, they knew that he wasn't going to indict him. But because he wrote that up in his report that this guy is not altogether there. I mean, it should give Mm -hmm. everyone reason to pause and they should be thinking now about invoking the 25th Amendment. Because if if he felt that Biden wouldn't be able, he couldn't bring charges against him because no one would find him guilty because of his mental capacity. How is it then that we should feel comfortable that Biden would be able to fulfill his constitutional duties as a president of the United States? I mean, right, right. I think, yeah, I mean, I think he was, this guy was probably being pretty objective, I would guess, Robert. I mean, like you said, he was appointed by the Democrats. He had served under Trump. I mean, perhaps he's just a professional doing his job, and this was his professional opinion, that... The man seemed befuddled and forgetful and like he didn't intend to do wrong, but that he just had trouble remembering a lot of things and that he didn't come across as someone with some big Machiavellian plan to swipe these documents for some nefarious purpose that he just seemed like he couldn't remember a lot and he got confused and brought up. I mean, I don't have any trouble believing that at all. I mean, I think Biden 
there is a lot of corruption around him. But I don't, I mean, I think that not only Biden, but Hillary had a ton of classified information, and apparently so did Trump. I mean, to me, the sort of Occam's razor, simpler explanation for all this is that the people who are serving as our commanders and, you know, in our top kind of slots are, they're probably a little arrogant. They're, you know, they're probably also just, they're, they're in charge and they're used to being in charge. And, you know, they take some of this stuff with them. And I, I, you know, I guess they shouldn't, but it's, I don't think that it's, I mean, I think it sounds like it's just a lot of, you know, maybe it's the kind of thing that needs to be tightened up and, and needs to be regulated better. But a lot of times I think that we look for these elaborate explanations for things when the, the more likely explanation is something simpler. Now, I mean, whether Biden is to, you know, it does prompt the question if he's that forgetful and he's that confused that, that they would genuinely, you know, not prosecute for that reason, then you have to wonder, yes, how fit is he? But I think you and I, Rob, you know, I, I, we've discussed this. I have the sense that the Democrats aren't really voting for a person anymore. They're voting for an agenda. And I think the fact that Biden is confused, you know, it should be said, too, you know, it is ageist to say that just because he's in his 80s, he can't do the job. I think he's, you know, I was talking to my mom about this, and she, you know, she's as sharp as ever. She was saying, look, he's 81 or whatever he is, but he's not a good 81, meaning, you know, he's not, there are differences among people at at every age. And, you know, somebody who's... (laughs) already worn out and exhausted and middle-aged, somebody else may be running marathons and somebody, you know, who's 80 years old may be, you know, in precipitous decline and not able to work. And someone else may be pretty sharp and able to work for a few more years. So it, it, you know, it depends on the person and, you know, it does seem like he's not, um, not as sharp as he was, yes, or not that he was ever a genius, but you know what I mean. He's forgetful. He's confused about certain things. I'll tell you, I, I think he's morally more on point than a lot of the Democrats. Uh, on Israel, for instance, uh, although he started to falter on that, which is another issue, but I think that I think he's just fine with most of them as long as he's willing to execute their catechism everything they believe in, the hard left. And I think the real reason they're losing faith in him is that he, he hasn't been in lockstep with them on Israel. Um, you know, even though in other ways he's, he's, you know, still full speed ahead with Bidenomics and the open border and the craziness and the Ukraine, whatever. I mean, he's, I just think that uh, a lot of what's going on here is that the Democrats are in a state of, some upheaval, I think they're probably trying to decide whether to dump him or somebody else. So my speculation is that some of this is, you know, this debate over his fitness, I, I don't, I think they don't really care that he isn't fit as long as he'll execute the hard left agenda. But maybe they want to try with somebody else who they think is a more dependable hard leftist who's younger. I don't know. I mean, I'll say this. I think that you're right. They're not voting for a candidate. They're voting for an ideology, the Democrats. I think that Joe had become a useful tool and that he would just do whatever and just go along just to fit in. Because when you look at his record, 
He's always been a kind of a bit of a radical, but to this degree, we expected this from a Bernie Sanders, but from Joe, absolutely not. I mean, some of the things that he has just like completely turned on 365 degrees, the whole thing with crime, with Israel. I mean, I don't think that he's a friend of Israel. I think he's anything but that. I think he's been wavering. I don't think that he's ever been direct and clearly stated his position because I think that he's playing to the party favorites. I mean, just look at when he went to Michigan and what he was saying to some of the Michigan, the uh, the uh, Muslim community there. I thought that was just mm-hmm. that was horrible. And they only make up a small fraction yeah. of, mm-hmm. I'm sorry? I'm sorry, do you recall what he said to them? <laughs> Well, he was saying that there should be a two-state, a pushing for a two-state solution. He was also saying that Israel should cease fire, and he felt that they were, you know, going over and beyond. And this community, Michigan, is so minute. It's not even, it doesn't even, it it doesn't provide him enough votes that he would say that. So it begs the question, why would he say that? Why is he playing to that arm of the party when it's so small? you know, municipal. Yeah, yeah, it's wrong. I mean, it's one thing for him to say, I'm sorry to see the deaths of so many civilians, you know, but the reason for that is that Hamas has these people in a stranglehold. That's the truth. And they're provoking war at the same time. And But that's not what he's saying. He's, yes, he's, he's to in any way vilify Israel when they're, fighting a defensive war, you're right, I disagree with. And he had, I will say this, some of the Jewish Americans I know felt that early on he was very um, uh, compelling in the way he spoke about the horrors of October 7th and the intentional infliction of cruelty on these poor people and on the Jews of the world, the intent to inflict cruelty and trigger our historical memory of all the trauma we've been through. You know, our people have been martyred, frankly, so many times for so many thousands of years, including Jesus Christ, by the way. You know, Jews have been crucified, have been gassed, have been chased out of countries for thousands of years. These people who did this, you know, deliberately went after civilians. They knew they were re-traumatizing us. And, you know, he talked about that compellingly at first. So a lot of the Jewish people I know, Rob, were pleasantly surprised that he seemed to have so much sensitivity to us and to understand how unacceptable and, you know, horrific and this was, and that there's a difference between deliberate cruelty and attempt at, at, at annihilation and genocide, which is what the Palestinian leadership is doing, and Israel fighting back in a defense of war where they're following the laws of war. They're not trying to hurt civilians. People want to pretend there's no difference. There is an enormous moral difference, completely different intent and different tactics and and different behavior. I mean, it's not the same thing, even though war is very sad. And, you know, none of us who care about Israelis and our survival as Jews, none of us that I know of dismiss and or have, you know, no concern about children on all sides. We, you know, we do recognize they are God's children too. So nobody's saying that, you know, Israel's not trying to hurt Palestinian children. I mean, for, for him to fail to acknowledge that is um, when he's speaking about it, very irresponsible because um, he's feeding into this lie that Israel's, you know, just doing this for no reason and that they want to, wipe off all the Palestinians from the earth. It's a lie. It's not true. 
Israel's tried so many times to make peace with these people, to bring them humanitarian aid, to give them orders to evacuate, to, you know, but at every turn, Israel's being stymied by Hamas, who's deliberately using these people, you know, so, so, you know, for, for Biden to talk about this and not explain what's really going on is wrong. And, um, you know, it is disappointing. But that said, I think a lot of people at first thought that he was solid. And I think it should be said that he, he perhaps had hasn't as bad uh, on Israel as he could have been. I mean, he has been wavering, as you said, which isn't good enough. But, um, you know, I think I think that, yeah, I think that he he certainly, you know, I'm not saying he's doing a great job with that or with anything, you know, so I I just think we need to get him out of there. And I think most Democrats don't want him either. Uh, He's just that he's in place. And he's, the um, kind of sort of cipher. He's the, the the empty kind of vessel into which this philosophy, their you know, their whole everything, their their critical race theory, their victim mindset, their open borders, their embrace of the transgenders, the one real issue they have, which is the abortion rights issue. All of that is just poured into him, and he's you know the the mouthpiece. But I mean. I don't know. I mean, at a certain point, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm concerned. I hope he runs because I think he's beatable. Well, I'll say a, this. A brand, yeah. I don't, I don't, I never felt that he was, uh, when this war started, I, I never saw his commitment to Israel. I felt that he was just, he was saying things that he felt that people or some of the Jewish community wanted to hear. But I think in the background, he was listening to the progressive arm of the party because he needs him. And I think that they were trying to sway him as to the direction that they wanted. And I've said the same thing about blacks that support him, that he has no intention of doing anything for blacks. His focus is on illegals. I think that Joe, is, his entire focus is illegals, illegals, because that's the new yeah. wave of the party, because I think it's the new wave of the party. They feel that if we can get them here, mm-hmm. they, they outnumber, the Hispanic community outnumbers blacks. They are the largest minority. So okay. if they could get more here and get them to vote for them, they don't need the black vote. They won't need the Jewish vote because they're the vote. They're the voting block that they want will be etched in stone for you for the next couple of decades. So we get mm-hmm. them here. We'll give them all this free stuff. Look at all the free things that they're giving these illegals, the money that they're giving them. I mean, they're getting more than the people that belong here that are paying taxes. And I've spoken about this on so many occasions that they're giving this to them. And what's also interesting, again, the media will not report on this, is that when Barack Obama took office in 2008, Barack Obama wanted to close the border. But as he got into his second term and they started looking at the numbers and they said, wait a minute, leave the border open, let more of them come here. And if we can let more of them come here, We will forever change the landscape of the Electoral College because when they are taking the census, they have to include the illegals illegals in on the census report, although they can't vote. But that will favor us when it comes to us looking at the representatives that are representing different states. So that's what they're focusing in on. And that's the reason why they couldn't care less. Yeah, we'll keep the black votes here while we can. We'll keep the Jewish votes here while we can. But we have a huge group of people that we will forever be able to rely on when it's time to vote. And although they're here and people are saying, well, they won't be able to vote. But look at California. They're allowing them to vote in local elections. 
And that's the reason why they don't want voter ID. This is all by design. This is all part of their plan. Now, we're up against a hard break. We're up against a hard break. We're going to pick this up. I want to discuss this more. I also want to talk about, like I said, the Super Bowl ads. And there was, there was a piece that you had mentioned, Heather, that you want to talk about. I think it was Bob Marley. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. So we'll go to commercial break. We'll come back uh, after this commercial break, After Dark with Robin Andrew. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use Cofix RX because it works. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Gosh, Heather, I can't believe we're the third half of the show already. Man, there's just so much to talk about. We're talking about the Super Bowl, talking about Trump's Super Bowl. I wanted to talk about some of the ads that we saw. We're talking about Biden and his commitment to the Jewish community, his commitment to blacks, and also talking about the the scathing report that was released by Robert Hur. And it, I think everyone should be given reason to pause because Biden doesn't know what's happening around him. And if he doesn't know what's happening around him, who knows if he knows what's happening with the war with Hamas. Because the other day, Heather, when he was giving a press conference and he was talking about Hamas, he couldn't even remember the name. And a reporter, I don't know if you saw this, a reporter had to whisper Hamas. He goes, oh yeah, Hamas. It's painful watching this guy. After that report came out, and then the Friday, that Friday night, he came out to answer questions. He was lit. He was mad. He was angry. And then you have people say, oh, well, this is the Joe we want. We want to see that he's a fighter. No, Joe is suffering. This is elder abuse. I'm sorry. This is wrong. <laughs> it is, Heather. It's wrong, and it's painful to watch. And they should invoke the 25th Amendment and remove him. And yes, we will get Kamala Harris. I know that. But keeping this yeah, guy yeah, in yeah. office who doesn't know what he's doing? It's very dangerous. And think of all the times they kept telling us we need to invoke the 25th Amendment on Trump because Trump said, that, oh, I'll meet with uh, Kim Jong-un. I'll go and I'll do this. And if someone does this, I'm going to tell them you better not. Oh, the 25th Amendment. Trump is walking around in the White House angry, the 25th Amendment, whereas it has been exposed that Joe doesn't know what he's doing. 
he's a nice man with a poor memory. He didn't know when he was a vice president. He didn't know when he was elected. He, started, he, he thought he was still the vice president. And this, people aren't concerned about this. That White House should be up at night right now saying, how are we going to get him out of here? But instead, Heather, you have Jill who's saying, oh, my God, how dare you guys not protect the president? How could you let this happen? She's more in love with being the first lady than she's concerned about the country. If Joe doesn't know that he's the vice president when it ended, when he was uh, made vice president, it was in 2008. In 2016, he doesn't know if he's the president because remember, on many occasions, he said that Kamala was the president. He's referred to Barack Obama as being the president. He's referred to Trump still being in office. This is dangerous. This is extremely dangerous. And just going back to what we were discussing during the second block of the show, if he doesn't know these key things, they even said that he couldn't remember Afghanistan, pulling out of Afghanistan where 13 soldiers were killed because of his miscalculation. If he can't Probably remember that, Heather, yeah. right, if he can't remember that, remember that, do you actually think he's remembering what happened on October 7th when Hamas attacked Israel? He's probably thinking well, that Israel is to blame. I don't know what to say, Rob. I mean, you know, he, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm just concerned, though. I mean, I think if they get Michelle Obama to do it, I think they'll win. You know, I, I sort of. For the, you know, I, I don't mean to sound cynical, but I mean, I just I sort of hope that they keep him in there because I do think Trump will win, you know, and um, hopefully we'll hang in there till then. What is it? Another nine months or something? Right. I'll I mean, say this. Heather. I'll yeah. say this about Michelle. Uh, Andrew and I, we're going to discuss Michelle probably tomorrow because he, too, uh, feels that Michelle or a lot of people, there's a rumors that Michelle is going to step in. I don't think so. You know why? Hmm. Because right. how, how are they going to put Michelle in when you have Kamala waiting in the wings? That's impossible. They're not going to hopscotch over Kamala. And people keep forgetting that Kamala, the first black vice president, remember Joe said that he was going to pick a black woman. Now, he's probably right. forgotten all about this, but the American people have not forgotten. I, I'll say something else that I'm sure people haven't thought about. And Andrew and I, we're going to discuss this tomorrow night on the show. I think if they want to get around all that, get around Kamala, who could run? Not Michelle. Michelle doesn't want it. But you know who could do it? Who could even the playing field? Who could neutralize that that they're looking over Kamala? Barack Obama. Barack Obama, the same way Trump is coming in for one more term, Barack Obama could come in for one more term. He could step in, keep Kamala no. as a VP, and then they would groom her Oh, you president. can't have more than two terms. Nobody can serve more than two terms. It's illegal. Oh, that's right, because he served two. Ah, I forgot about that. But you but know Andrew, what? I think that Michelle will be Barack. Do you know what I'm saying? It yeah, be, I don't think she wants it. Well, let's hope she doesn't, because if she does, it'll just be him telling her what to do. And it will be essentially a Barack Obama third term. And that's what they really would they, they'd all go gaga for that yeah. and so would the whole left and everybody they'd have it in the bag i mean i, I don't i, I don't be, i, I don't think she would do it i don't think she would want it but we'll, andrew and i we're going to talk about that tomorrow now i want to before mm -hmm. we run out of time i want you to uh 
tell our listeners about the article that you and I were talking about, about Ziggy Marley. He signs a letter supporting Israel. Also, he posts free Gaza from Hamas. Do you want to share that with our listeners? Yes, I just, I, you know, I was saying, Rob, I think it's, it's been heartening for me to see. Of course, I don't know what Ziggy Marley's politics are. I know he's a great musician, and so was his dad. And um, I was really, you know, I, I, I admired what he posted. You know, this was a couple months ago, after October 7th, he posted free Gaza from Hamas. And then he wrote, there's got to be a better way. Um, and I think that, you know, we've, we know that the music of Bob Marley is a music of great humanitarianism and peace. And I was very heartened to see, you know, he must be a smart guy. Well, he's also married to a Jewish woman. So we know he's smart. Um, <laughs> but he also seems to see the big picture here. That there really is no way, you know, sad as it is that there's a war. And I don't say, you know, I mean, I, it breaks my heart that it has to be this way. You know, I wish there was another way. I truly do. But, you know, with this fanatical and vicious enemy, you can't let them just gain strength and, and torture you and not fight back. And they have they've made it so that it's impossible not to kill the innocent, which is a terrible thing, a terrible thing. But, you know, in war, nobody's hands stay totally clean. And, you know, we need to defend ourselves they forced this hamas has forced this it's a terrible thing but to see that there are humanitarians in the world sincere people who are not going to vilify israel for doing what it has to do to fight back is um you know is 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 reassuring you know we see it even john fetterman who you and i i mean didn't have much faith in but there are people who recognize that there is um a, 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 you know, that, that, that this is a, a sadly necessary war of self-defense. And so, yeah, so I think that we can all hope and pray for, you know, speedy resolution for, for better times for all people, especially the children of the world. And, you know, I, I'm really excited to see the Bob Marley movie, um, which is coming out on Valentine's Day. I wanted to see it anyway, but particularly because... Uh, of what Ziggy has uh, posted, you know, I just, um, you know, I want to see that message of peace, but, you know, not a mindless, brainless, foolish appeasement peace, but real peace. You know, we want to see real peace in the world, hopefully sooner than later. Amen. Well, I'll say this. We do want to see peace. At one point, people would always link or tie the Democrats in with supporting of Israel and the Jewish community. It's unfortunate now that in 2024, all that seemed to have gone out the window, and it's because of this radical progressive arm of the Democrat Party that has taken over. And as I mentioned during the second block, you had Biden going to Michigan and almost just sympathizing with that small group of uh, Muslims who are against Israel, and they're saying that, again, there should be a ceasefire. And it just takes me back to the opening and what we were discussing with Robert Hur and Joe Biden's memory, his poor memory. Now, I think that the old Joe Biden would have called this out and say that you guys can take a hike. No better friend has Israel had than the United States and vice versa. But now there seems to be a lot of tension. 
And I'm wondering if Joe, because he doesn't have the memory he used to have, are there people in this White House that are pushing him in a different direction, like Tony Blinken? Tony Blinken, they said, was shopping this whole idea of a two-state solution. And even our guest who's come on the show, Sammy Stegman, who said, Stegman, who said that that would never work. Hamas doesn't want that. Maybe they're telling Joe Biden this is the best solution. It will never work. Hamas wants to eradicate Israel from the region. Because if it was going to work back in 2005 when they took over the Palestinian government, they would have said, we're going to work with Israel. But that remains yeah. to be seen. They don't want it. If they want that, they would put down their weapons and they would return the hostages. But they haven't done it. They want people to think that's what they want. And as Sammy said, they're winning the propaganda war thanks to the liberal media that's making Israel out to be the bad guy. They're making Benjamin Netanyahu to be the bad guy. I mean, Benjamin isn't a saint, but he is about the survival of his people. And I think that the old Joe Biden would have pushed back on this progressive wing of the party. So I think that what Robert Hur releasing that memo and saying that there's a memory problem here, I mean, all of this connects in together. And this lets us know that we're not in a good space here because the old mm-hmm. Joe Biden would have never allowed this to happen. Now, Barack Obama, I don't think that he ever appreciated the relationship that Israel had with America and vice versa. I think he was completely against it. I think that on many occasions he dissed Bibi Netanyahu, and now that Joe Biden, who's having a complete lapse in memory, he doesn't know which end is up. They're feeding him all this information and this bad information and saying, no, Israel's got to do this. Israel's not doing enough. Israel needs to stop. Israel didn't start this. Okay, let's remember that. Israel did not start it. They've tried to work with the Palestinians, even after Hamas took over the government. The old Joe Biden knew that. This new Joe Biden, who has poor memory, he doesn't. Mm. And I'm wondering, well, I mean, and that's the reason why I, want, I think the entire report should be released so that we can see what else is there, because I think it's a treasure trove. I think that that report, mm. what we have now heard, is just the tip of the iceberg. If they were to release the entire report unredacted mm-hmm. and, let's, and let us read it for ourselves, and come to our own conclusion as opposed to the media trying to spin it. And right now, because we don't have it, the little tidbits that we do have, very damaging. But I think that they're going to do their best with the Monday morning quarterbacks, the Tuesday morning quarterbacks. They're going to try to reframe this. And of course, as we mentioned during the first block, Trump is going to probably step on his messaging. He's going to give them something to talk about as opposed to focusing on the country is in dire straits with Joe at the helm. He needs to be removed. We need to invoke the 25th Amendment, even if Kamala comes up, because I think she, too, is beatable, because no one likes her. But we need to get those two out as soon as possible, because what we're moving toward right now, Heather, is very dangerous. I mean, it's only a matter of time before China says, we better strike while we can strike, because they're all terrified of Trump. They know what Trump will do. But with Joe with all the all those cooks that they have in the kitchen trying to tell Joe do this do that don't don't do this don't do that it's mm-hmm. dangerous i mean did we ever think that we would be in this position with our closest ally israel with just like saying oh yeah. we're not going to do anything i mean it's dangerous heather and i think that report yeah. mm-hmm. is proof of it go ahead 
and notice, you know, there's no mention of the fact that Hamas still has so many captives, so many of these poor innocent people, several of whom are Americans, you know, at least they're dual citizens, if not, if they're not already gone, you know, I mean, there's, that's been totally downplayed, as well as, you know, all the attacks on our ships, what, 70 in the past, I mean, there's just this pretend little, you know, fantasy that everything is fine, as you would say, quiet as it's kept. I mean, it's, it's not even that it's quiet. I mean, everybody knows it, but it's like we're sleepwalking along. Iran is torturing our people and hitting our people, and we're just giving them our lunch money, Joe. And you're right, it is scary now that I think about it. I mean, I tend to think of the Chinese and the Russians as, you know, a little too smart and practical to actually be attacking us. And I just, as you know, that's not at the top of my worry list. But, but you know, when you put it that way, I mean, you, you have a, a sleepy, confused old man at the helm and a bunch of radical, fanatical, distorted fools running things. I mean, it does make you worry that what if we actually had to deal with a real war and not a fantasy war on the other side of the world where we're fan, you know funding something that really never was our fight to about Ukraine and um you know what if we actually had to fight a real war like where we were attacked god forbid i mean it's it's very scary and, um, you know, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen in the next nine months, but you do lay out a, you know, a very daunting picture there, you know. And some people would say that I'm scaring the masses. Yes, I am, because people need to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to be concerned that the person, our commander in chief, his memory has been compromised. I think his ability to do his job has been compromised. And not only that, Heather, we just found out that the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, once again is back in the hospital. And he's had to move his powers to his deputy. We are not in a good place right now in America. And although the media is trying to tell us that we are, we're not. We have to believe what we see. And what we see is not good. Now, again, Trump had a great Super Bowl week last week, coming off the Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, that was his Super Bowl with the entire Colorado and the Supreme Court justice and Robert Hur releasing his report that gives us reason to pause and say, wait a minute now. These guys have been telling us that everything was okay. And Heather, again, when you just look at the landscape and you start to connect the dots, and I like to connect the dots as to what's mm -hmm. happening. Because again, do we actually think that if we had a functioning Joe Biden, a realistic Joe Biden, who had all of his faculties, that we would still be pushing this whole thing with Ukraine and Russia? Or do you think that Joe would have said, we need to try to solve this? We need to just say, okay, look, Ukraine, you're going to have to give up something. And Russia's going to take, but this is what has to happen in order to squash this. Do you not think that he would have said, okay, with Israel, Israel, do what you need to do to eradicate Hamas because they're a threat to the entire globe. And you know what? We're not going to give any more money to Iran. We're going to tell all countries, stop getting oil from them. If we had a functioning Joe Biden, but Heather, we don't have that. 
and it is evident oh, oh, I don't with know. Robert Hur's report. Interesting. Well, it's interesting that these dumb decisions you think are coming from other people who are controlling him. I don't know if he would be more of a pragmatist if he were more alert. I don't know the answer to that, but I agree with you that, you know, every one of these things I think we should be doing very different at Lee. And I think we are, uh, you know, like I said, two years ago, there was no logical end game in the Ukraine Russia situation. We are not going to destroy Russia. It's a massive, enormous country of hundreds of millions of people who like a strong man and they like their leader and this is their backyard. And, you know, whatever you may feel morally about this, I do. They have nuclear weapons. This is their backyard. They support their leader. They're not going to crumble to pieces. And unless we are in this, you know, to really die over the Donbass, this was a, a foolish fight for us to pay, to jump into, you know. And this was obvious two years ago. It'll be obvious in a year. I'm, I'm, you know, I've held my tongue on this, Rob, because I figured maybe the leaders know better. But that's what we thought with Iraq. That's what we thought with Afghanistan. You know, enough's enough of these bad calls. And I think we do need a pragmatist, you know, someone from the outside of this military industrial complex and political complex. You know, we saw the world was at more peace. The economy was better. The border was better. You know, everything was better, except for some leftists were scaring themselves and going crazy. But you know what? That's a small price to pay for comparative peace and prosperity. So... Trump Scott 2024. That's all I have to say. We don't, we don't know who's going to pick. Yeah, we hope. You know, Heather, I can't believe it, but we're all out of time. And there was so much we wanted to discuss. We wanted to talk about the Super Bowl ads. We'll have to come back and finish this conversation. But again, Trump had a great Super Bowl week last week. We're coming up Super Bowl weekend. I'm sure some of you wanted the Kansas City Chiefs to win, and they won. Some of you wanted the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers. They didn't win. But there's another year. Play again, and we'll see what happens. So you're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew and my co-host tonight, Heather Robinson. We hope you enjoyed the show. And as my good friend Andrew would always say, stand for something or fall for nothing. We hope you'll tune in tomorrow night for another great show. Thank you. God bless. Good night. Good night.